I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel when I was in some of my darkest moments, forcing me to shed the version of myself that could not go where I was going. No matter how successful I was, I was numb. The version of myself that I have found, I would not have found her without the ugly invitation into the most intimate, deepest relationship with myself. And this concept means so many things to me beyond financially wealthy. Rich in community, rich in connection, rich in network, rich in health, rich in family, rich in opportunity. Welcome to the transition. Welcome to the new podcast. Welcome to the new concept. And welcome to my new life, rich in real life. What's up, guys? Welcome to Rich in Real Life. This is your host, Jessica Hurley, and I am so excited because I have an incredible guest. And you guys know that I, I love to bring you people that I have an opportunity to network with, collaborate with, connect with, have great conversations, and that really grow me, stretch me, and, um, you know, put me in places that I need sometimes. Sometimes that looks like growth, manifestation, empowerment. Sometimes that looks like um, not-so-hot conversations that kind of feel like ass-opens and wake me up down the road. So I'm like, when I meet these people that really are, can change my life in a moment or a minute, I'm like, I need to bring these people to the show so that you can experience them like I do. And so I'm really excited about this guest today. She is a speaker. She is a whole clarity coach, not a half, but a whole, a whole clarity coach for the elite. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute and I'm going to explain why I just, I cannot wait for you guys to hear this woman. And she even dabbles a little bit in writing. And I understand that because I love to write too. I just don't publish any of it yet, but I love to write. <laughs> so uh, she writes as well. And I'm just so excited to have her because the, the amount of clarity that she has given me at times when I didn't even know I needed it. Cause y'all know when we get fancy, we get hard headed. Or is that just me? I'm not sure. But um, we get fancy, we get hard headed and we don't think that we need coach coaching or coaches or advice because what we're doing is working. So why change it? Um, but listen, game changer. So I'm so excited to have her today. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to welcome to the show, Miss Diana Morris. Hello there. Oh my goodness. My, my cheeks are warm. I'm blushing over here. That was so <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> listen, it's easy when I only invite people on the show that I like. Mm hmm. No offense, excuse my language, but fuck your following. I only care about people that I like, actually like in real life. Like I need to like you to have you on the show because otherwise I'm just leveraging your audience and you don't care and I don't care. Like I want to have a real conversation with someone that really inspires me or puts me in a place, which is absolutely what you did to me on a yoga mat, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's called integrity and that's called living in alignment. So I know we're going to get into all of this, but you are a case study, even with what you just said of, I don't care about the optics. I care about what's actually going on. So I just want to reflect that back to you and say, girl, you're living in integrity. As you're producing this, as you're creating this, you better go. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because like, now that I get to be the voice behind, someone gave me this title the other day and I was like, okay, I guess I'll rock with it. They were like, you're the mind behind like thousands of voices. Like a lot of people's favorite voices, you're the mind behind that. And immediately when I get on a call with someone and they're like, and we're talking about what I do right now is through Insta podcast. When I get on a call with someone, they're like, I don't know. Well, like who's big in my lane and who's that and who's that? And I'm like, yeah, but do you like them? Yes. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been sent their content before. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because you can't create fake enthusiasm. You can't mm. create fake likeness. Like you can't create fake trust. And like, I've had multiple conversations with you and feel like I could be your friend. Mm -hmm. So now I know that the integrity is there. I know that the conversation is there. I know that your expertise is there, your skill set. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I only like bringing people on the show whose skill set, expertise, and like just power, magic, they're magic I've experienced on my own. Cause then I'm like, Oh my God. Like, it's like, you ever had like a really dope friend and you're like, then you're at lunch with your other friends and you're like, yo, y'all gotta meet so-and-so because y'all would kick it. Y'all would take off mm -hmm. about my show. It's like, when I meet someone, I'm like, Oh, my people need to meet you. They need to meet you. Like that's the only type of relationship I want to be. I want to be a connector between really dope people. Cause I have the really unique opportunity to network with some of the most incredible humans. Mm -hmm. And then I do some to my people and be like, I'm so sorry you didn't know about this person, but you need to know about them. Yeah. 
And I just want to latch on. I know like we've got a plan, but I've got to latch on on something you just said. Do you even like them? Right. Mm. Because I want to flip that back to do you even like yourself? When you're hitting all of these metrics, when you're reaching all of these heights in your business, your career, you're collecting all these accolades, you're posting all these things. When it's all said and done, do you even like yourself? Because it's the same thing. We can say that with other people, whether we're inviting them in our circle or we're saying that they're a friend or we're inviting them on our shows. But when we're showing up in spaces, do we even like the way that we're we're there? Do we even like the way that we're being, doing, having, seeing? So I just had to latch onto that piece because it's all of the above. Nope. We're at the Grand Canyon and we're jumping right off the cliff because that's exactly (laughs) where we're going. And that's what I want to talk about because this is the framework that you teach. And it's not only the framework that you teach. It's literally how you go into a conversation with people. I can tell I've, I've seen you do it with others and I've had the chance to experience it. So what you're saying is, do you even like you, which to me really means is the front of your framework, defining success for yourself. which to me, oh my God, is the least simple thing you'll ever do. Because for me being in the game four years, honey is ever evolving. Mm -hmm. It's ever evolving. What I joke all the time that like where I'm at now was never on a vision board. I was, there was nowhere on a vision board that I had somewhere where I was like, I want to live in a condo with floor to ceiling windows. I want to run a podcast media agency. The fuck? No, (laughs) everything that I do happens by accident. And it's just when I pivot and then I like commit and I'm like, okay, this is where we go and let's see what happens. Okay. Um, I always tell people I'm an entrepreneur by accident. Like I am not the person that's like, since I was 12, I just knew. No, the hell I didn't. I didn't know. So it's like, how do you define success and how often do you see in your clients and the people you work with, how often does that need to change? Mm. So the way I encourage and I invite people to go about, there are two ways I'm going to answer this. The first is kind of the woo-woo of it, right? Because how do you want- We love to us some woo-woo, go ahead. Right? Because it's important. <laughs> how do you want to be feeling as you're doing these things, right? How do you want to be showing up in your day-to-day? How do you want to be spending your time, effort, and energy? What are going to be the things that light you up, allow you to be in integrity? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you actually do. So this is the other half of the answer. One of the things I talk with folks about is, you know, the ideas of obituary virtues and resume virtues. So resume virtues, as the name suggests, it's going to be the stuff on your resume. It's going to be the things you've produced, the things you've done throughout your life. It's the doing part of being a human being, right? So it's stuff you can Google, stuff you put on LinkedIn. I went to some good schools, got some degrees. Thank you, Joe. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Joe. <laughs> this the is recorded the day already... after the announcement. <laughs> the, the, thank you for forgiving the loans that I've already forgiven for not paying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> at all, you know, I'm, a, you know, I believe it. Um, but yes, <laughs> resume virtue are going to be the things that you're doing, and the obituary virtues really speak to the way that you're being, right? Who is around you? How do you make or contribute to the ways that people are experiencing their life? What lights you up? Where are you in alignment? What were your values? Because when it's all said and done, if the only thing that someone can say about me as a person is that I knew how to pivot a table on Excel or that I really knew how to <laughs> run a meeting, that was a waste of my life. Waste that was of a, life. Absolute waste. So when I go back to you know how I started this response in the idea that those things don't matter because there are many people who are living in condos. There are many people who are running media empires, but for you, what does it mean for you? What did you sacrifice along the way? What did, what choices did you make? So when you're talking about how do you define success, that's all of it, right? Of course, you're going to see it in the tangible, but behind the scenes, when you're by yourself, do you even like you? Was it even worth it? When your obituary is being crafted, what are people going to fill it with? Because what mark did you leave by virtue of you existing and you being who you are while you were doing what you did? Okay. I have to tell this story again. I've told it on another show when I did an interview with Emily Dela Cruz, but I have to bring it up because you said obituary, um, resume and obituary. What? What was it? Virtues. What Virtues. Love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that reminded me of, I was in Mexico for a retreat in March of this year. And, um, the speaker had us do a eulogy. I say that every time. I always want to change it. Eulogy. Had us do a eulogy and um, was like, went through this whole thing of like, how many of you made this much money? And how many of you have made this much money? Great. And like, so 
uh, oh, what the way he did it was so unique because he made us write down all the things in the last uh, 30 to 60 days that had made us smile. And he was like, so just think through things. And he started bringing up all these things. And he was like, last time you made 30 grand, did you smile? Yeah. He's like, you know, but what about when your kid like fell off his bike or like, what about when you got coffee this morning? Were you like excited and like went through all these things and then had us write all these sticky notes, um, played great music, really got like really thought provoking, wrote, put down all the sticky notes and we had to categorize them in the categories that they were in. Then went over after that, like how many of these are related to the revenue in your business? And like out of 60 sticky notes, he was like, if it's under 10, raise your hand. And it was like half the room. And he was like, if it's under five, raise your hand. And it was like majority of the room. And he was like, there's a lot of stuff business related, but if you notice, it's probably under a personal development category because you really enjoy developing yourself. You love the process. You love the creative process. You love the growth and the change and the the connections that you make along the way and the pivots, but like the actual outcome you don't even think about that when you think about the things that bring you joy. And then then it was like, write the eulogy, write the way that you would want someone to speak about you or how you'd speak about yourself in third person. Um, what would they say at this thing? And I'm writing this and I'm just letting myself flow and I start crying. And what came to me that I heard clear as day will have forever, it literally, like I've had some God moments, but this one changed my life. I was writing, the sentence said, um that i that my podcast turned into that as a producer i produced a netflix series and my podcast and the netflix series changed uh, millions and millions of lives and as i wrote that i heard in my head don't you find another stranger to help until you help your son mm. and i was like mm. oh <laughs> <laughs> got it <laughs> got it and then i was like wait i'm constantly dreaming up all these ways to create a new offer and a new thing and a new episode and new content and how can i you know speak to these type of people and these type of people and this is what women are going through and i'm going through this so that because other women are going through this and i need to create more content around that and it was like but you have a whole human at home mm. one that you're responsible for for guiding navigating and changing his life and you think you got all this experience to help strangers help your damn son mm -hmm. and i was like so you saying uh obituary virtues mm -hmm. i'm like that eulogy stuck it to me like okay we got it your son knows what 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 does mommy do it but what are you doing for him because at this rate all you're going to do for him is create resentment for entrepreneurship mm. so how do you change that that and was a defining moment for success for me. There it is, mm -hmm. right? Because so often in this entrepreneurial game, there's so much talk and chatter about, you know, five figure months and hitting a million and doing all these things. And I am not here to say that that's wrong. That is mm -hmm. amazing. That is wonderful because we need money. We live in a capitalist society where we need to pay for things. We need to pay for healthcare. We need child to pay, care. pay for inflated things at this point. Inflated <laughs> things, right? So of course the money is great. I'm more interested in, okay, but how do you actually feel about, like when you were making that money, were you cringing? Were you biting your tongue because you didn't feel like you could show up your, as your authentic self? You had to put on, <sighs> right? Are you hiding the nights that you were crying because you didn't want to keep on going? And I don't need to know all your business, but you need to know your business. You need mm. to know what's honest. You need to know what's true because we each have, you know, a metaphorical person that we need to take care of. And sometimes that person is even ourselves. So I love that story so much. So you talk about defining success. And mm -hmm. so I, I would tell that story in March, right? But um, that's like the 10th time I had to redefine a success <laughs> because not only was spiritually was I evolving or getting clear on the things that I really wanted my life to be about, mm -hmm. but the things that I thought I wanted, those things were never on my vision board. So mm -hmm. it was like, okay, pivot choice. Then now what does success look like in this lane? And then how do I maintain, maintain life and balance? And so I feel like you can define it. Mm -hmm. And then where do we get to the place of alignment? Because I know how to define and decide. Mm -hmm. I think a new realm for me has been alignment. 
mm-hmm. is like, does this feel in alignment? I always joke that in 2020, I did the 2019, I did a podcast episode that was the year of yes. Mm-hmm. And Shonda Rhimes had that whole thing about saying yes. And so I did this episode on the year of yes and talked about all, because of all the things I said yes to, I had been met with all these incredible opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then the top of 2022, I, I did an episode on 22 things I'm saying no to in 2022. And it was like, I'm saying no, because I'm literally drowning. Yes. And so it's like how, because I was finding myself in, I, I felt like that was more because I was learning alignment. Mm -hmm. So for someone who may be in the process of redefining success, and for those of you listen, please listen carefully. Redefining success can come at any given point in your journey. There are people that at the 10-year mark look up and are literally find themselves as like an unfulfilled, frantic founder. Like they're like, okay, a million dollars and a whole lot to hell, a lot of employees and things that I don't like to do, don't want it, throw it out. Um, I know plenty of people that have done that. Or the difference between half a million and a million is literally chaos and Mm -hmm. very little margins Mm -hmm. and so they change up their whole thing and so i guess if you're in that state or you're feeling unfulfilled or you're feeling a bit frantic or you're feeling unfocused or confused what does alignment look like Mm -hmm. when i talk about alignment i you know it's very easy to say like well what will i do next right like future forecasting well now that i know this i'm not going to do that and all Mm -hmm. of that jazz and i always want to point out that it's also about what already happened It's about taking a look at what's already presented itself, what decisions you've already made, what pivots you've already, you know, undergone and thinking through, okay, well, how did that impact me? Right? So for example, I used to work in higher education. So my official formal training, I used to work in colleges and universities and I worked in student conduct. So as you can imagine, I was the most popular person on campus because (laughs) I would meet with students about policy violations. So we would get reports about, you know, alcohol violations, drug violations, you know, cheating, all of these things. And they would come meet with me, Miss Morris, and have a conversation about decision-making and community membership and all of that jazz. And I worked at what would be considered an elite institution. So oftentimes the responses or the reactions when students would come in fall into like one of three categories. Sometimes they're just like over it. They don't want to talk to me. They don't care. They're not here for it. They're like, I did what I did, whatever. What do you want? Keep it moving. Other times it would be the refrain of this isn't me. I have no idea what happened. Right. Like, I I don't know what I was thinking Friday night. I don't know how I ended up in that room. I'm not sure what took place. Or the third category would be, I mean, yes, I did the thing, but I'm a straight A student. I'm president of these different organizations. I did all of these great things. Like, surely it shouldn't matter that much. Mm -hmm. And for the first category, the person who like just doesn't care, they're not here for it. You go be great. There's nothing really engaging that I can do beyond like here's your sanction, keep it moving. For the last two categories of the, I have no idea what happened and the, I know the thing happened, but like everything else should cancel that out. It's not that big a deal. What I always would, you know, try to steer them towards is, okay, you can tell me all you want that this isn't you, that you're not sure what happened, but you now have, you have seen who you have the capacity to be right. You have seen that you are the type of person who's capable of making decisions and taking actions that don't align with who you think and who you say you are. Because clearly you did a thing, I've got it on video. Or clearly you did a thing because I've got the the, report here. So let's look at what was going on in that moment that created a space for you to make those decisions. So flipping it here, right? When we're talking about alignment, looking at what spaces were you in? What was your mindset previously? What were you looking for? What were you working towards? that created a space for you to make the decisions that got you to this point, because then you can start seeing evidence that helps you determine what you'll want to do moving forward. Now that I know this, now that I know I'm this type of person, now that I know I have the capacity to do, be, have X, Y, Z, how do I want to either keep that going as I move forward? How do I want to change that as I move forward? How do I want to release that as I move forward? What do I need to take on as I move forward? And that's where the alignment is. When you're thinking about what your definition of success is, what your definition of happiness is, what your definition of fulfillment, whatever you're defining your life by, what needs to happen moving forward based on what's already come? Because we so often want to just ignore who we were, what we went through, 
because it may not feel comfortable or we don't think we can replicate it or we're not sure we want to tie our name to it. But that's evidence of your life. Don't forget the last 5, 10, 15, 30 years. You need to see who you had the capacity to be to really become who you have the capacity to be. I love this so much. And um, because, you you know, you and I both know someone personally that talks often about embracing the past. Mm-hmm. And I've all, also worked with so many healers. And um, and I, I often hear people that don't do the work, you know, say that you're better um, when you don't think things personal and you just don't live in the past and you don't uh, you don't go there. And but one of the really cool things I got into this year happened when I was in a think tank, AKA a car, uh, I was driving <laughs> and I was like, having this like freak out moment. And I said, why, why am I worried? Mm-hmm. I have so much evidence based on the past mm-hmm. that I've been here a million times before. Yes. And never once have I ended up under a bridge mm-hmm. dead mm-hmm. or in a space that I couldn't climb out of. Yes. In fact, I have overwhelming evidence based on my past that I'm actually a rock star at getting through stuff like this. And a matter of fact, I'm so used to flexing this muscle at this point. It should come natural. It should be like lifting, you know, when you lift weights, you, Mm -hmm. you could leave for a year, you go back, you still know the stance, you still know the position, you still, you can pick it up. And then within a couple like reps, you can pick up where you left off. It might not be the same amount of weight, but you can pick up the style and the, um, the structure very quickly. And so I was like, wait, you've tried so hard to like neglect your past, but your past is where all the evidence lives that you are well experienced in this friend. And this should be no different than any other time that you've had a minor panic that life doesn't feel like it's going the way in which it should. Mm -hmm. You're a pro at this literally flex the muscle. It's there. Mm -hmm. And that's where you build that self-trust, right? That's where you start developing that discernment and that wisdom. And that's where you start being able to listen to your intuition when you're being, you know, in an onslaught of external definitions of what you should be doing, what business should look like, how you should parent, what type of relationship you should have. You can take them in, right? You can, of course, use them as examples. One of the things I often talk about is really critiquing and challenging the stories that we believe and have about what's required, possible, and optional for our life. Because all of this is a story. All of this is fake. This all came from someone's imagination. Mm. So in so many ways, I'm not about to let someone who's never had fun dip, who don't know who the Avengers are because they were alive (laughs) decades and centuries ago, dictate what my life needs to look like. I refuse. Love it. And yet sometimes we just hold on to these stories because either we don't know that we're allowed to change and write the story ourselves, or we just don't want to do the work, or we don't think it's possible. And that's a choice in a lot of ways, right? It's all a choice. So what are you really looking to do to get the things you say you want and to live the life you say you want to live and to be the person you say you want to be? I have a question about that. Um, This is so stupid to say, but I remember being at a conference and somebody was like, asking why six times will screw your life up. And I was like, what? And it was like, what do you want? What are your goals? And then you say, and they're like, well, why? And you're like, oh, I want, and they're like, oh, okay, well, why? Well, because my kids and did it, but why? And you're like, well, you know, and you keep going. And then when you get to like your fifth or sixth, why you're like, I actually, in fact, don't know why I want any of those things. Yes. And that, and you talk about this and I'd love to go in deeper about this because this is something I've constantly had to ask myself. Like one of the biggest aha moments last year for me was like, why do you think you want a million dollars? Why? Yes. Uh-huh. What was more defining for me? Like, it was like, that was such a, like a marker of success. And it was like, but everybody's making a million dollars. You want to be able to say, first of all, women don't need to, nor do they subscribe to that. Stop one. Like women don't subscribe to, we need to stop. So that's one. Two, um, they're gonna have to cut this out. I completely lost my train of thought. (laughs) Sorry. So the asking why, why you want a million dollars. 
last year you had your aha moment when you were asking yourself uh, that question? Yes. Sorry. Yes, I got it. Okay. Uh, last year was figuring out why do I like, why do I want a million dollars? Everybody's saying that. Why then getting to like, why do women subscribe to that? Because men have men market based on liabilities, I swear to God. Uh, but we're not going to go there. And then it was like a big aha for me was meeting with my CPA this year. And instead of like realizing, okay, a million dollars is not the marker. The marker is growth. The marker is increasing the margins while growing the company. Like just try that on for size, screw the number and like meeting with my CPA. And like, I, I think I said this at the retreat that we also were at was like one of the biggest heart dropping, jaw dropping moments for me this year was uh, meeting with my CPA and him saying, okay, the last six months, here's your, here's what you did. And if you stay at this pace, here's what you'll do in 2022. Mm -hmm. And this was me. I was like, look at the screen. I'm like, okay, immediately no. <laughs> he was like, why? And I was like, there's something so wrong with this. He's like, no, no, these numbers are really good. I was like, no, but you don't understand what's going on in my head. Yeah. I'm seeing this number. So based on that number, if I do that exactly, this is what I get. Mm -hmm. Last year I did this. The difference between those two is $40,000. I know for a fact that I've hired more team members. I know for a fact that I've worked three times as hard. And I was like, so I'm looking at this number and you mean to tell me that extra work, extra employees, extra overhead, and I only made $40,000 more. Big problem. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not in the business for that. And so it, it was it was going from this million dollar marker that was literally somebody else's why, external influences, ridiculous, to now looking inside my own company. And now I feel like I'm back at the top of your framework, which is like, now I got to go back and redefine. What does this look like for me? Because all I'm seeing is numbers and hours of work that me to that do not equate to success. Because I'm like, we burn in our wheels to make what I feel like is an insignificant amount of money. Mm. And so it's like, what do I want my personal getting back to what I want my life to look like? What do I and and based on what I've seen externally, do I want this anymore? Because everybody talks so highly of entrepreneurship and having a company and all these things. But do you know what actually goes into this? And how do I get into the place where I create profitability so that I have high margins so that I can invest that extra money and build actual wealth or maybe build another company or, and is that someone else's idea or is that mine? Like mm -hmm. external influences versus inner knowing every time I think I know, I don't. So please yeah. help me understand. So I want to touch on that because there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. What a gift. Every time you think you know, you realize that you don't understand. Mm. Let, that, let that sit for a little because you know what the alternative is? It's to cling to what you thought you knew because you thought you knew it. We've already seen how toxic and damaging it is to not be humble enough, to not be graceful enough, to not be open enough to change your mind when you have new information. Mm. That's how people end up stuck. That's how people end up doing things that they know aren't working just because they started doing it. There's literally an economics term. So the sunk cost fallacy is the principle that because you've invested something, you're less likely to stop that investment because you don't want it to seem like that investment was for nothing. For example, in real life, when people say, I've given you the best years of my life, what do you mean you want to break up? Or what do you mean you want to divorce? Or I've been at this job for too long. I'm not going to quit now. Or I've been building this business for 10 years. I refuse to try something new. Or this is how we've always done it. It's the idea that because those past investments have happened, to change your mind is a reflection on your intellect or your capacity or your ability. So yes, you thought you knew, then you get more information, you review that information, you take it in based on the current context, and then you make the decisions that you need to moving forward. What a gift, what a joy, what a mind fuck. But the alternative, right? The alternative is to stay in a place that you know for a fact isn't working or not working the way that you would like it to be or not working the way that it could possibly work that's more aligned, that's more robust, that's more vibrant, so on and so forth. 
I'm so with you right now. I'm just going to screw this whole direction of this thing up because I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, I was just on a show uh, with these two girls and we ended up having this whole conversation around like, as I mentioned before, I really feel like I'm an entrepreneur by accident. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, when I say it is that like, my vision is never as big as God's vision. Like I'd be like, I'm gonna do this. And then something happens and God's like, no, hardhead, go that way. <laughs> and then I go and I'm like, okay, fine. And I go that way. And then I'm like, oh, God's vision is so much bigger than anything I could ever conceptualize. I would have never saw this for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I get into the mindset sometimes of like a little bit of woo-woo and a little bit of alignment where I'm like, I get the no, I get the goals, I get the hard KPIs, I get all the things. When your company gets a certain level of big, you do have to track some things because there can be a lot of stuff that seeps through the holes. Absolutely. But then sometimes it's like when we're tracking to meet the goal, mm -hmm. I've had so many moments in my life where I'm like, my goal was wrong. My destination was wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I was going based on my own judgment or my external influences or a thing that really wasn't where I was supposed to go originally and a certain mishap circumstance or explosion from time to time um, leads me to a place where I'm like, oh, yeah, I would have never had that as a goal. I would have never even known. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, God. Like, mm -hmm. and so to me, it's like, I hate to say this because this is very like non-business owner of me, but sometimes I don't like to plan. When people mm. are like, where are you going? Sometimes I like to keep the goal simple. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not good for KPI tracking, but like I told everyone last year, my goal, everybody was like, this agency thing, all this stuff, what is your goal? And I was like, I have one goal. Mm -hmm. I want in a room, when major influencers, entrepreneurs, and business owners are in a room and someone says, you should start a podcast, you should add a podcast to your repertoire of things of, on top of all the things that you already do. Mm -hmm. And then they go, oh, that's, I want to do it the right way. Somebody goes, you need to call Jessica Hurley. Yeah. That's all I want. That was all I wanted. Everything else fell perfectly into that. And that's exactly what I got this year. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of been on this mission the last couple of years of like keeping my goal simple because when I kind of let things flow, I get something a lot bigger than what I set out to. My little goals be like, I feel like there's like this little tiny racetrack for ants. <laughs> and God's like, you don't see me, I put you out there on the highway. Like, <laughs> so I just kind of let things flow from time to time. And I don't know if that makes me crazy and I jump out of the plane and figure it out on the way down type of gal, or I've just learned to not try to be in control. So what I'm hearing from you are two things. Well, first there are the two questions, right? So what I'm hearing is how am I supposed to define this success? Like what is the right way to define it? And then mm -hmm. how do I know I'm doing it right? So that's where mm -hmm. the KPIs and the metrics come in. Yes. And in that you've already answered it. Ooh. Right? Because for you, success is being open enough, having the intuition enough, listening enough to follow wherever the path is taking you. That is your success. When you get somewhere, if you're able to look back and say, you know what, this is the path that I was directed on, that's success. Because the other option is you heard the thing, you knew the thing, you knew what steps to take, but because you wanted to be in control, you went the opposite direction. You ignored the highway. So your success can be grounded in the rule, right? Because it's really just being open to that destination, wherever it takes you, whatever path that needs to be on. And then how you're measuring that is exactly what you said. When people are in a room and someone says, yo, I want to rec record a podcast, your name should be the thing that comes up. So if you right. want to track that, track your referrals. How did you hear about me? And if people are saying word of mouth, then you know that you've hit the metrics. You're doing mm. the thing that's getting the goals. Mm. Right? Because not everyone or not everything needs to be like a numerical thing, right? Or not everything needs to be something that you can put on a spreadsheet and you can track because it's yours. No one else needs to understand it. Like this wasn't a conference call. No, it was a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you and whoever, whatever, wherever. Mm. So rather than outsourcing what it needs to look like, tapping in in the way that you have been, the evidence of your life has shown you and just allow that to be it. No one else needs to get it. Mm. Trust your inner knowing, my loves. Trust it, trust it, trust it, trust it. <sighs> okay, talk to me about this paradox of choice that we have. Mm. Help me understand. 
So back in the day when, you know, the people were making the stories, right. And they were deciding like, what's right, what's wrong. And like how life should be. We didn't have choice, mm. right. Whatever our family did, we did. Whatever yeah. religion told us to do, we did. And for some people that still remains the same, but collectively as society has progressed, as time has gone on, as we've had access to more technology, our world and our possibilities are opening up. But way back when, like with the Puritan culture and like when they came mm. over on the Mayflower and, you know, spread all sorts of illness and whatnot, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> it was, your options were limited. You were going to like churn butter, like sew garments or be a pastor. And it was super easy in those days because even if you didn't like the thing, you didn't have another choice, right? right. You can you can say, you know what? I don't like this, but I have to. My my hand is forced in this direction. Correct. Flash forward to 2022 when we have a world available to us and we can literally do anything right. in so many ways. And because we are no longer forced into these small boxes of possibility, we get to choose. We get to say, you know what? I hear that. I see that. I don't want that. I'm going to do something different. Mm. Now the responsibility and the accountability falls on us because if it doesn't work out, I was the one who made this decision and I don't have anyone else to blame but myself. Correct. You know, when you're like in a restaurant and you order something and then it comes, you're like, oh, I don't even like this. Yes. You ordered it though. That's, That's what, what life I is. never understand when people get upset. Right. They're like, but I don't yeah. like it. And I'm like, but you asked for it. <laughs> and expand that to life because that's the thing, right? I don't like this job, but you applied for it. You signed the contract. Mm. I don't like relationship, but you're staying up with this person every day. I don't like this business that I built, but you built it. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's it's this idea and this desire and this drive and this need to make the right decision. And what I try to steer folks towards is make the decision that's right for now. Because it goes back into the allowing yourself to change and pivot when you get new information. Because I strongly believe that we are all doing the best we can with what we have at any given moment. Yes. That is not an excuse. That is an explanation. Correct. Right. So if we can allow ourselves that grace and say, you know what, when I jumped into this thing, I was doing the best I could with what I had. But now that I have more, whether it be more access, more information, more support, more understanding, I could do something different. And that's where that choice comes in. It's so many options. Which one do you choose? If you feel like it needs to be perfect, it needs to be the right one versus, okay, I'm going to see all these options. I'm going to try something out. If it works, I'll keep doing it. If it doesn't, I'll change my mind. I say this very easily as I'm sitting here with you. And I realize, (laughs) right, that some choices are very difficult to change. Some are very difficult and virtually impossible to undo. And I get that. And I believe we do the best we can with what we have. I believe that we are the expert on our lives. I believe that the evidence of our life will show us that regardless of the situation, we've been in something similar, if not exactly the same before. I believe that we're all capable people, humans, adults, who don't need to ask for permission, right? Permission slips are for field trips, not living your life as a grown-ass adult. So when you give yourself that power, you position yourself as the person who's in charge versus just being in the sidelines waiting for your turn to jump in, waiting for your turn to speak, waiting for your turn to do. And so many people live their life just waiting and then they get to the end of it and they're like, well, damn, all I have is my resume. I ain't got nothing on this obituary. They don't know what to write because they didn't know me. They didn't see me. I wasn't witnessed. So it all comes down to choice. (laughs) It all comes down to choice. No, but you, I I love what you're saying because- this is a concept that um, I have a relationship coach that she always teaches here on the show. She's call her like our resident. She's our resident expert. Um, she's been on the show like 10 times. And she always talks about self-radical responsibility. Mm. Yes. And what you're saying to me sounds so much like that is that we have a choice all the time. Paradox mm-hmm. of choice. 
Um, but what I think people forget about that is taking radical self-responsibility comes with some really ugly shit too. Yes. Because you are facing that ultimately, even in a shitty relationship, mm-hmm. even if four years invested in a business, 10 years invested in a business, and you look up and you're unfulfilled, a lot of times we think that we're avoiding hard decisions based on other people or circumstance or but we're really avoiding owning the shame and the Uh pity that is that we made a poor decision we made a poor choice Mm -hmm. so like owning your our power and our radical our radical self-responsibility is also owning that we also make poor choices Mm -hmm. and we have to own up to that and that's a really beautiful opportunity to be mm-hmm. like, okay, now, because have you ever noticed like the ease that comes when we own it? Like mm-hmm. when we're blaming everything else, it's so hard. Yes. But then when we're like, okay, if I just go to my staff, if I just go to my partner, if I just mm-hmm. go to this, and I'm finally willing to just say like, I made a poor decision because I didn't weigh out all my options, or I made a poor decision because I missed it in my emotions, or I made a poor decisions because at the time that felt right. And I'm looking at it now and that was not a good idea. Mm-hmm. like. Once we take that ownership, mm-hmm. it's like the path gets crystal clear and the weight gets lighter because everything that you need to do from that point on is like, everything else is just now a choice because you mm-hmm. owned it. Yeah. And even the idea of, you know, right decisions, wrong decisions, poor decisions, perfect decisions, there's also the benefit of now, right? There's the benefit of hindsight. And in my mind, a poor decision is only a poor decision if you knowingly went against yourself. Ooh. If you knowingly ignored what you knew, right? If you took the easy, quote unquote, way out. But if in that moment you genuinely thought it was right, like if you genuinely thought it was right to take on this project, or you genuinely thought it was right to engage in these conversations, don't fault yourself for that, right? That's where that grace comes in. That's where that comes that powerful self-compassion comes in, that compassionate Mm -hmm. curiosity of, okay, what was going on in that context that led to that? Again, going back to now you know who you have the capacity to be. Now you know how you tend or have the capacity to make decisions. If it works, keep on keeping on. If it doesn't, make a different decision. So Mm -hmm. folding in that curiosity from that compassionate lens of what was actually happening, asking those why questions of, well, why did you do this? Well, why? I think of little kids all the, all the time yeah. because that's their favorite thing. Why? And so often as adults, we'll like snap it down of because I said so. We do that in our own lives to ourselves, mm. right? Like, why does this need to be the version of success that I'm running after? Because I said so. Uh, okay. Sure. Yeah. And yet there's more there. There can be so much more if you actually gave yourself a chance to ask the question and listen for the answer. Stillness will bring all things. Yeah. Stillness will bring all things, baby. Because there's been so many times that I now I'm learning to like write stuff down and let it go. Mm. And then sometimes I come back to stuff and I'm like, what the, what, what state was I in that I thought this was a good idea? No. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you know, and it's just like giving myself that, that stillness, that space, that, that thought leadership for myself, Mm -hmm. um, which comes in the form of like time and reset. So I agree with you hundred percent. Before we recap on, um, or we wrap with, cause you know, I want to know what rich in real life means to you, but I have to ask, and I can speak from experience, Mm -hmm. but y'all, you always need a coach. Like, just to be crystal clear, you always need a coach. There's no point in the journey. I think I've actually noticed that, I'm going to try to say this with as much kindness as possible. I feel like I can always notice when someone online is getting really out of alignment and then I'm like, oh, they don't have a coach. Because no one is speaking to them outside of themselves Mm -hmm. that can give them clarity and help them be mindful of the decisions that they're making because they become very egoic. I don't know if that's the word. They become very like self-centered, like riddled in their ego with their decision-making with the way that they're showing up. And it no longer becomes about their impact or who they're showing up for. It becomes about them. And it becomes like crystal clear. And then you almost see people on this like spiral now. And the first thing I always say is like, they don't have a coach. 
they don't have a coach. There's no one outside of them speaking to that. And I think there is a norm that people think that the better they get, the less likely they need someone's opinion. I think there's seasons where you can shut people out. I've had to do that where I've gone through seasons where I'm like, okay, I have gotten so much intake that I need to stop and implement. Like I can't just keep, cause I'm like taking, 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 getting, 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 and I'm not actually implementing anything because I'm going from opinion to, you know, opinion to opinion. There's a difference. That's where, what leads to analysis paralysis. You do have to stop and implement sometimes and see what works for you, but you always need someone outside of yourself. Just in the conversations I've had with you, I'm like, oh, I'm really selling myself short by not having an outside approach. Even a clarity coach like yourself, I think is so important because people think they only need clarity at the beginning of the journey. Baby, if this whole episode wasn't a case study that you need clarity along the whole journey, I don't know what to tell you. But for anyone listening, elementary ask question, but when do you know you need a clarity coach or a clarity conversation? Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, you need a clarity conversation or and or clarity coach when you have no idea how you got where you are and or you have no idea where you're going and how you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. If you're looking up and you're like, what just happened? I know sometimes when you're driving, you, you're driving home from the grocery store, right? It kind of just goes on autopilot. You just mm -hmm. know what turn to take, you know when to stop, you know when to go. And yeah, then you, you blink there. twice, you're in front of your house. Mm -hmm. That's because you have walked that path so many times. You have driven that path so many times that you can shut off the part of your brain that needs to focus that needs to process, that needs to take in, identify, sift through the information, and then take action. A lot of times we get like that in our life. We are so used to how we wake up every day and what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. We're so used to the conversations that we have. Everyone is playing their role. Everyone is following the script. And as you are changing seasons in, of your life, as you are changing your own identity and who you believe yourself to be, if you're still following those well-charted paths, it's going to be real easy to end up in the same place that you say you want to get away from. You're going to miss all the detours that you could have taken that would have made it a more pleasant ride, a more scenic ride, a quicker ride, because again, you're just doing what you've always done. So having that third-party perspective to be like, well, help me understand what, what's going on here? Help me understand what you're trying to accomplish. Help me understand what your thought process was in that moment. What are you looking to do? Help me understand what was going on at this point in time. Really allows you to focus, to sit up a little bit straighter <laughs> in your car because you can no longer just keep following the same path that someone's asking you, well, why did you turn there? Why didn't you turn over there? And having that reflective mirror makes all the difference because no one is supposed to do this alone. First and foremost, no, no. we are not as human beings. We are not, we are social creatures. We need other people to survive. Yes. 100%. So when we take that foundational principle and apply it to every area of our life, we need other people to support us, to reflect us because we only know ourselves based on who we know we're not based on who we see others are. Who we know we're not based on who we see others are. Hold on. Do y'all hear this? <laughs> right? Damn. Like, I know I am me. I know these are my values because I've seen what other people do. And I'm like, ooh, no, thank you. Or I've seen what other people do. And I'm like, I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Let me see if I can lean into that. So having that support system, especially when you're trying to change how you operate, because other people are used to the path you took. So even if they may have the best of intentions, they can't see what you're trying to achieve because they only know what you've already done before, or they only know one way of doing it because they don't think they can do it, or they saw this person do it, so you need to do it. It becomes a whole tada. So having that objective person who's just yours to help you be you with no ulterior motive. Like I tell my clients all the time, like, listen, I say this lovingly, like, but I don't care what you do. Because we're going to end our call and you need to live your life. I'm going to be fine regardless. It's going to be you. And you need to like the life that you live. And you need to like the life that you live. Because there are no do-overs. Right? It's just this. And each day we get a chance. Right? Each day we're gifted with a chance. And what a gift that is. 
so why would you just blow it? Because you used to do this or you're uncomfortable with that or you're not sure if that's going to work. If you don't get out there and live, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what do you mean? Fail, just get out there and do it and figure it just out. Get out there and do it because we, it's so easy to live in your brain and not yes. live in the world. We can yes. have so many thoughts and talk ourselves out of things and oh negotiate with ourselves and, mm-hmm. and self-sabotage. If you don't just go do what you got to do, because no one cares, it's all fake. It is a floating rock that we're all on. Half the time it's <laughs> on fire. <laughs> like, this thing is on fire. So like, just, you know, make the most of it. Make the most of it. Oh, I love that you said this. And I want to point out, it, uh, I was at a CEO retreat when I met you and mm-hmm. met you for the second time. I had met you before that, but we actually had like a really good conversation. And um, you you spoke about clarity coaching and I just, for everyone listening, this is not just business related. Like in the, in the conversation that you and I had, it was crystal clear. You asked me the some of the best questions that led me to what I often say I don't need more leads. I don't need more clients. I know how to get clients. I've mastered that. I need my life to not be the way that it is all the time lately. I need it to not be as fast paced. I need to stop dumping my son off at his grandparents' house. I need to have more time with him. And the life that I'm living right now is not yielding that result. And so I needed someone outside of me to be able to look at it and be like, what's keeping you from doing X, Y, and Z that can get you closer to that, Mm -hmm. which isn't, directly business related, but is, mm-hmm. and I really needed that. And so just, just to, just to define for some of you, clarity coaching does not always have to be about the next step in your business. It is really the overarching wholesome perspective of your life and where business fits in it by design. Yes. Because so often one of something that makes me roll my eyes so hard <laughs> is the idea of work-life balance. Like I fundamentally disagree with that concept <laughs> because clearly I can't balance shit. <laughs> <laughs> because what it's presuming is that there are two categories: work, and then everything else gets lumped into life. <laughs> Anything that does not work is life. Correct, and that doesn't make any sense because we are whole people, and. It's like when you try to reach out to customer service or like the cable company or like company, whatever, and you're like getting transferred from department to department. And every time you're getting transferred, you have to retell them. You have to re, you know, confirm your identity yes. and give them passcodes and explain the issue over and over and over and over again. And it doesn't matter how well-intentioned your agent is. The fact that there's no communication between these departments makes it very difficult to get the result you want, which is your lights on or your cable fix or your internet connected. And yet we do that in our life. We break ourselves into these silos where, okay, during the work week, I'm going to focus on my business and work. And then after five is when I'm going to actually have time for hobbies, but only on the weekends. And then I'm going to see my family once in a blue moon because, you know, work was taking too much time. And the person I'm at in the office isn't the person I am with my friends because I don't think they can connect with each other. And I don't feel comfortable having these conversations. When you break yourself into these pieces, you're never whole. You are where you are all the time. So when we talk about work life, right, or business life, you're forgetting that you also have to think about your emotional wellness, your financial wellness, your physical wellness, your social relationships. So I have a course on this where I map out the 11 different areas of our life that all make you yourself. So when you're thinking about how you're defining success, sure, you can make a million dollars in your business, but what's your health like? When was the last time you went to the doctor? Mm. When was the last time you sat on the phone with a friend and saw how they were doing? Rich in real life, right? Is the idea where you have you in all of who you are and the entire T of your existence. Because Mm. again, my eulogy better not have anything about how I ran meetings because that's not who (laughs) I was. That's just what I did. (laughs) Bringing it full circle. I love that. (laughs) Literally. Cause I, I I love that example. Cause I'm sitting here like y'all better not ever sit here and talk about how well I could strategically plan a podcast. Right. Like that girl could plan a podcast. Don't ever say that. <laughs> like, right. I could care less. I don't want to be known for that. 
Right. I want to be the the go-to name for people that want to build that that equivalent of a platform. Absolutely. Yeah. You want but to help people tell do. their stories. Yeah. You want to help people see themselves so they can share those stories with others. Correct. You want to be such a good listener mm-hmm. that people uncover parts of themselves that they didn't even realize they had so they can mm. share it with others so that others can see themselves in ways they haven't been seen before. That's yes. what the podcast is for you. It's not about sponsorships. It's not about how many streams you get. It's about how do we connect people who would have otherwise not known the other person existed? How do we share stories in ways that people can, again, see themselves reflected in? So for you, your work is making sure that when people hear your name, they know you're a storyteller. They know that you're a listener and they know that you can help them see themselves in ways that they may have not seen themselves previously. Mm. God, I love that. See, that feels like home. Yeah. That feels like home for me. So do you have anything last? Because I feel like you did an incredible job at explaining it, but just what rich in real life means for you. For me, rich in real life means that I always know myself. Right? Like even when I get confused, even when I feel lost, I know at the core of me that I've got me, that I'm betting on myself before I bet on other people, right? I've spent so much of my life betting on other things, right? Betting on college to get me a job, betting on the co- or the jobs to give me security, outsourcing who I was and allowing these labels to define me and clinging to the degrees and the books and all these things. When at the end of it, I'm just here, right? So I want my life to be so rich that I allow myself to be myself so I can be witnessed by others, so I could be held by others, so I could be experienced by others in a way that's real and true so that when I look back on it all, I'm not a caricature of who I could have been. I left it all on the table. AKA a watered down version of who you could have been. Yes. Mm. I love that you brought that up and I'll, I'll, I see, I told you we got to turn this into a two hour conversation <laughs> because rich in real life, when you just like define it by this moment, I I'm thinking about like, there's been this moment this year that I really feel like I know myself like, and it's this very stupid moment, but like, it made me realize how undecisive I was and how easily consumed I could be with the way that people reacted to other things. I've, I've been known to not, um, to have like struggle with self-identity. And so I've noticed something that is so empowering for me of a moment of, I know when I know that I know who I am is setting this type of boundary. When I say a situation to someone Mm -hmm. and let's just say they're like, Oh girl, I would have da 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 da. And immediately my old self would have been like, Oh, am, am I being run over? Should I have handled that differently? Should I, you know, but now I'll be like, oh, that's definitely not who I am. Like, no, I handled it the way that I would have handled it. Like, I'm not unhappy with how I handled it. And that's not always, but most of the time I'm like, no, that's my heart and that's who I am. And I can't be any other version and I can't be like that either. And I'm okay with that. I'm very happy with who I am. And I don't feel like I'm taken advantage of, or I don't feel like I handled that wrong, or I don't feel. And that's a moment for me this year that I've been like, oh, I'm very like, there's a lot of trust there. Like I trust myself and I love this version of myself and I'm not unhappy with her. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would have like kind of de, you know, been disappointed in myself mm. otherwise. And so that's been like a real rich experience for me of like self-love and self-trust. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I know who I am. I definitely wouldn't do that. Yes. Like, Love it for you. You like it. I love it for you. Love it for you. I'm definitely not like that. (laughs) Yes. Well, Diana, you were amazing as expected. That made an hour go by so fast. (laughs) So um, I have one thing I'd like to announce. You know what? And she hasn't even told us yes yet, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, We are looking forward to, if she says yes, 99.9%, having Diana as a speaker at Innovative Income Summit in January 2023. So guys, a clarity coach for the elite will be on stage helping you structure and provide framework around 
some clarity you may or may not know that you need. And so we're really excited to have her. I'm so thankful to have had her on the show. Diana, where can people stalk you, learn more and work with you directly? Yeah, so you can definitely catch me in Tampa at the summit. So I will be there. I'm very excited for that. And then I am on the interwebs at Diana R. A. Morris on Instagram and Twitter. Um, D-I-A-N-A-R-A-M-O-R-R-I-S. There are many Diana Morrises in the world, so I have to include my middle initials. And then my website is the same, DianaRAMorris.com. Thank you so much for joining us on Rich in Real Life. This was wonderful. Thank you.